everyone. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast, where we dig deeper into God's Word, taking God's Word with us beyond just Sunday morning and into the week. It's a little bit later this week that we're recording this, but that's okay. This is episode six in our new podcast format. This week, uh, this week's episode, we will be going deeper into Galatians chapter five. But before we do that, uh, a couple of things. First, unfortunately, Josh Sweetman, our youth director here at Maranatha Christian Reformed Church in Lethbridge, Alberta, was unable to participate this week. So I invited my good friend, Sean Corliss, to join me once again here in my office slash studio. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me again, Paul. Hey, no problem. It's great to have you. Sean, we're going to dive right in. But before... Um, we dive into it. Now, a lot of the things that come up in the letter to the churches in Galatia is Paul's dealing with the so-called super apostles or the false teachers that he identified. And he identified them as false teachers because they were preaching a gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, one of the things that came up in conversation was, what's the difference between a false teacher and say the people that Paul describes in Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18, which I will just turn really quickly there and, uh, and read for everyone. Go everywhere, preach Christ. I was turning the wrong way. Um, and so Philippians chapter 1, uh, Paul is again talking to them about the gospel and he says, um, he says this, um, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. And so uh, what Paul was dealing with in the Philippian church is others that were going around uh, who were maybe making less of Paul, just like they were in, um, amongst the, the Galatian believers, um, but they were still preaching Christ crucified, they were still preaching the gospel, uh, and so that's the difference. Uh, Paul, in the letter to the Galatians, is saying they are not preaching the same gospel that he preached to them. They are preaching a brand new, different gospel. Actually, it was a syncretism of Judaism, a little bit of paganism, and all mixed together with some Christianity, and it just turned into a, a mess. So false teachers include anyone who teaches a gospel other than the one true gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? What's a good, quick summary um, of the gospel? John, um, I'm going to throw you on your on, on your mercy here and see if you can just articulate the gospel right off the top of your head. The summary of the gospel would be that um, through through the blood and sacrifice of God's only Son, are we um, justified in presenting ourselves to God the Father through His Son? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a couple of passages from scriptures uh, that you guys can look up uh, that have 
fairly concise summaries of the gospel, Romans 5, verses 1 and 2, and verses 8 and 9. I'm not going to read that at this time. And then Ephesians 2, verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves or your own doing. It is the gift of God. And so God comes to us while we are dead in our trespasses, dead in our sins, and by the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, by his shed blood, that he then wins for us salvation. And so that's what we are leaning on, and that's what we uh, subscribe to. So, in summary, we are saved from God's wrath, his wrath, just wrath, toward us because we are sinners. We are saved by Jesus Christ and no other, and we are saved by grace through faith. So, there we go. Um, now, in uh, preparation for this, I came across uh, an article entitled, Beware These Seven Counterfeit Gospels, and I'll include a link to that article in the podcast description, and as well on the Maranatha Faith Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Uh, but John, uh, what are some examples of false teaching maybe that you have encountered or are aware of in the modern church today? Yeah, so I feel like if we just swing back to the beginning, like what sure. Paul was doing, you know, he's identifying what, what, what the church would consider in any vehicle heresy. And so whether he's calling out a specific heretic or whether he's calling out uh, the heresy, which is the belief or the choice, because the Latin word for heresy is to choose. It's a choice of kind of assembling your own version of the gospel. Okay. And so the modern church in this generation really loves to be very opinionated and choose. They choose quite a bit. Um, some of the stuff that I've encountered in my journey is like pluralism, so that there are many ways for you to get to heaven. Right. It's not a single one. It's dual, or you can pick and choose. Yeah. Uh, another one is that um, you are the church, so you're not required to then be a part of a different church. You are the body of Christ alone. I can do it all by myself. I can do it with nature. I can do it that way. Um, uh, prosperity is another one. So oh, yes. do the pieces, you know... Uh, you, you say the words and then are rewarded for that as if you were manifesting the money and the healing yourself. Right. So right? we can yeah. kind of be like God and, and, and speak things into existence, right? Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes we need to seed things, right? So we have to send money in in order to, to get money back, right? So yep. it's like a spiritual investment. Maybe, yeah, and, and that touches on two, right? So prosperity yeah. is one, but the other one that you just mentioned, which is kind of speaking oh, okay. things into existence, oh, yes. yeah. which prosperity and uh, what we would call, what Christians would call the word of faith. Right, word of faith. Word of yes. faith, yes. Yeah, yeah, is is another kind of segment of that where um, you will say the words through faith, right. which is a universal law, right. which binds God Right. To obey the word of faith that has been spoken. Yes. And so it, it is it is a complete heresy. Like, yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like you, are you trying to tell me that I can't bind God into something? Yeah, and your and your words, like you can petition God oh, and, sure. and continue right. to ask. Right. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 8. Yeah. You know, by, 
by prayer and petition, make your request known to God. Okay, so we can request God, but we cannot then demand God. Yeah, because the positioning is, is, is better that way. So you, underneath of God, oh, yeah. you keep asking right. instead of um, engaging in an external force that acts upon God, right? right. So that's, and, that, that's and that really... that would tie back even to what Adam and Eve did right back in the beginning, right? And that's one of the key pieces that they have, right. which was that oh, humanity right. is designed to do that. Yes. So another yes. complete false teaching. Yes. You know, I think if we, if we talk a little bit around the prosperity piece, it is certainly attractive. Oh, hey, who wouldn't want to be healthy and wealthy, right? Healthy and wealthy. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah. those guys, right? I saw, I saw one on... on a video on YouTube the other day, he was talking about his need for a brand new jet that would allow him, so he already had two or three jets, but this one would allow him to travel non-stop, right? He would have more, uh, whatever, fuel economy or, or, or bigger bigger tank, uh, gas tanks in it so that he could, you know, not have to refuel along the way. And I'm like, well, hey, wouldn't uh, refueling along the way be an awesome opportunity to witness for Christ, but anyway, um, you know, time is money, I guess, or something along those lines. So, like, how would how would how would you know? How, what's what what would be a signal for you if you were in a congregation? Apart from them saying, "Now's the time to give me all your money," because I don't think it's I don't think it's that okay. that straightforward, right? So, right. yeah, yeah, no, that's a very good question, and um, you know, there's there's a couple of things that that we can employ and the the best one is of course to know the scriptures ourselves right so if someone is saying hey there's a way to have your best life now for example or there's a way to escape the suffering of this world uh, by receiving health and wealth well how does that track with what jesus said i mean there's several passages where jesus is talking to his disciples uh, one of them where he was explaining how he would have to go to Jerusalem, suffer many things, die on the cross, and then three days later be raised from the dead, at which point Peter says, Hey, Jesus, you can't say that. That's not my plan for you. My plan for you, Jesus, is that you're just going to knock out all these Roman uh, rulers and you're going to restore Israel to her former glory. That's what we're expecting you to do, even though... So far, Jesus, you haven't really been teaching us. You really need to start bringing that agenda into your messages and your meetings. At which point, uh, Jesus turns to Peter and says, Get behind me, Satan. I mean, those are not comforting words. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's not something you want or someone you want to be associated with. But what Jesus was telling Peter, you don't have the mind of Christ. You do not have uh, Jesus' knowledge and his plan and the whole plan of salvation, which had been laid out from scriptures uh, through the scriptures from the beginning uh, that verse in uh, genesis chapter 3 verse 15 uh, that the the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head the serpent would strike his heel yep. that is inflict the cross upon him uh, although it was really god's wrath that, that uh, was poured out on the cross not satan it wasn't uh, satan is not an equal adversary to uh, to god uh, satan is a created being god is eternal He's um, he's just a sideline accuser. Yeah, he's the one. And he's the one that's spouting him. off, but yeah. really, God in all of His infinite glory. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's like you know, he's like an okay, ant, you yeah, know, right. Yeah. So it's you know, kind of annoying buzzing around. But other than that, 
has no real teeth, right? Yeah, and I, and I love what you said. Like, so when when you're talking, when when you're describing Paul, Paul and Jesus's interaction, and kind of that piece about how Paul didn't have the knowledge of Peter. what Jesus, or Peter yeah. didn't have the knowledge of what of what Jesus had. Right. So my thoughts are not your thoughts, yeah. right? Well, and my, Jesus, my ways are not your ways at all. You're you're looking for the Savior in the short term. Yes. And, and maybe, and, maybe and we can identify that, right? Oh, yeah. I can totally identify with that. I don't yeah. know how many times I pray to God asking him to rescue me out of my current situation, which I don't know how many times, probably all of the times were of my own making. So why mm-hmm. would God be rescuing me anyway? You know, not that um, God does rescue us, absolutely. But Jesus went on after that discourse with Peter to say if anyone would follow him, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow him. Right? So, and then another place where Jesus was describing uh, anyone who wants to uh, keep his life must lose it, and anyone who loses his life uh, in this life will, will gain it for eternal life. Right? So uh, there's this element of where, uh, oh, then another passage where Jesus says, um, in this world you will have much tribulation, much suffering, much sorrow. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. And so our confidence, our joy, our delight, our identity uh, comes not from anything of this world, but comes from Christ himself. He gives us our identity. He says, you belong to me. I am yours. I am living in and through you, and you're going to live now according to my commandments. Jesus also said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And like what, what, One of the interesting things that just struck me was in, in the exchange or the interaction with God, it, and, and I think for, for, for the people listening, you'll know that you're in a prosperity gospel scenario yeah. when you take a physical thing and give it to God, you give it to the church as a tool to elevate yeah. yourself. Similar when the Pharisees are talking to Jesus and, and they're saying, what are you going to do with with the coins, right? And he's like, well, this is, who, whose face is on the coin? It's not mine. Yeah. I don't want it, right? He'll give well, it back to him. He'll give it back to Caesar, right? Well, yeah. and the, the irony too, there's a little bit of irony in that whole coin story, right? Yeah. Um, you know, whose image is on the coin? Because they, they were trying to trap Jesus in about taxes, right? Because if Jesus had yeah. said, oh yes, you need to pay taxes, then they could have said, oh, well, Jesus is a conspirator with the Romans, and therefore everyone would have you know, and if they said no, then Jesus would have been accused of not obeying the authorities of the day, and, and so he was trapped. But what he didn't realize, or what the Pharisees, I don't think, realized was, okay, whose image is on the coin? So who does the coin belong to? It belongs to Caesar, because his image is on it. But all human beings bear God's image. So who do we are very, like, Beings, the air we're breathing, the blood that's pumping through our bodies, as image bearers of God, we all belong to God. Yeah. And therefore, when we look at the world, whether we are seeing a, a person like the other day, we had lunch together, which was awesome, and I appreciated how we were walking past, and there was a guy uh, sitting in a, an alcove of a building, and you looked right at him and you said, "Hey, how are you?" or something along those yeah. lines. You acknowledged his presence. Where I, I have to confess, I was ready, like, you know, is this guy going to, you know, shake me up for some money? And, and as it turned out, he was just like, hey, you acknowledge me, and that's all I needed, you know? And I was a little bit ashamed of myself, so thanks for doing that. Don't, 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 be, don't be ashamed of yourself. I think, like, 
um, you you have opportunities to lead. Yeah, and, and so do I. And yes, so, um, yeah, I just try not to. I just try not to. I just try to recognize God's image in other people. At the same time, if we circle back around, I'd say that yeah. God's currency, right, the thing that 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 He wants you to give, right, is your time, your love, yeah, your compassion your forgiveness and your grace yeah. onto the others around you, your, your brothers and Absolutely. sisters who are downtrodden, right? Yeah. Not the money. And I'm not trying to say, uh, don't give your local church money. Because right. that's important too. Yeah, to like keep sure. the body of the Christ, go, uh, keep the body of Christ going. Keep, keep, um, keep, and what, regardless of whatever church you attend, wherever you are, I think like good stewardship and fellowship is, is always there. They're, they're going to be amazing people that step forward to help when, when, well, when yeah. things need, need to happen at the church. That's right. But, right. but it's not just, that's not necessarily Christ's currency. That's not necessarily yeah. God the Father's oh. currency. It's like <laughs> you can't buy your, your end to your suffering. Right. Um, you, it, that just won't work. And, and really, this, this almost harkens right back to kind of what the Reformers were, were kind of really strongly upset about was that whole uh, indulgences, right? That you could somehow, by donating to the church, either save yourself or others who had already passed away. That somehow you could make a, a donation and it would, you know, rack up points in, in someone, dead person's favor. And uh, that just flies totally in, in the face of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is, you know, uh, that he died, he gave up his life for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us and made us forever right with God. And, and I think that's just awesome. And um, another contrast that I think that really comes out of our passage here, we're almost, uh, or just over 18 minutes in, and we should probably turn to Galatians uh, chapter 5. Um, and it, it, he's saying, and I love how verse 1 opens, it says, for freedom... Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Hmm. And so if someone is coming to us and saying, you need to do, and then you fill in the blank with whatever that doing is, that is slavery. They're saying, in order to be set free, you need to do these things. You're being put in shackles all over again. But Paul says here, no, for freedom, Christ has set us free. And now he goes on to explain that there is a contrast in what that freedom looks like. And he addresses this in chapter 6, I believe, of Romans, where he says, you know, it's by grace that we have been saved, um, by faith, of course. But does that grace mean that we can just sin some more, right? You know, it's, it's not like Jesus says to the, the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. He's, he's saying, well, hey, if... If grace is always greater than whatever trespasses we rack up, does that mean that Jesus is really saying to us, go and sin some more? And uh, Paul says, no, because the desires of the flesh, that is our, our desires of our sinful nature, which is putting oneself first, which is, um, you know, and he lists a, a whole whole bunch of them here, um, the the things of the, the flesh, right? Um the, uh, let me just read it for uh, the beginning of verse 17 in chapter 5 of Galatians. 
For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Uh, but if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. And then he goes on. Uh, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. And so when we see these things manifest either in ourselves, um, in others that are professing to be Christians, or in the church, if there's divisions or dissensions uh, or rivalries, I mean, uh, these these are pretty serious things, and and you know Paul dealt with them in his ministry, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, he had to say, like, you know, some follow. You guys are claiming some follow Paul, some follow Apollos, and some follow Barnabas or some other one, or and some follow Christ. And he says, "Is Christ divided? By no means, right?" And so uh, we have to be just aware of our own sinful desires. And the desire primary, I think, one of them is, is the desire to put self first, right? Which is why Jesus had summarizes the law using uh, Old Testament passages, right? Deuteronomy chapter 6, he talks about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Leviticus, I think it's 17, or maybe it's 12, and it says, um, love your neighbor as yourself, right? And on these two, and, and Paul even refers to the latter one in this passage, um, where, uh, where I think he, uh, I can't find it off the top of my head here. Um, uh, for the whole law is uh, fulfilled in one word. This is verse 14. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. So, mm -hmm. Like he's saying, hey, this is real. We're in a battle zone here. He says that in Colossians. We're in constant warfare yeah. against our sinful natures. Um, so then what's the solution? Like, this sounds kind of hopeless. Um, these, this is not a nice list of things. I don't want to be uh, considered a drunken drunkard or uh, you know a person of rivalry or idolatry or sorcery or anything of these things. So where's where's our hope? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. So Paul, again, just to, just to frame it, is writing to a group that understands the law and was yeah. trying to reinforce. Jewish law, which isn't, which was an older covenant. Yes. Not just the, it wasn't the new covenant, it was no. the older one. They're saying, hey, you're going to stick to this. And he's saying, why are you locking yourself down to this? Why are you chaining yourself down to this portion of, of, of our history, right? And so, um, but like, how, how do we set ourselves free? How do we set ourselves free from that stuff? Uh. First, first. <clears throat> Um, um, yeah, but it's, uh, sorry, I don't have my reading glasses on, but verse 22, right? Um, so he, Paul is, is, is contrasting two ways of walking. One is walking by the flesh and the other is walking by mm. the spirit. But the fruit of this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Right. Yeah. So, in other words, law is something that binds us, right? Um, I love driving, hmm. and uh, I also love looking around while I'm driving, and sometimes that distracts me from driving straight hmm. um, or within the lines. It would be so much better if there were no lines on the road for me, because then I could just drive wherever I wanted. 
and it'd be great. I like to drive fast as well. So if there's no speed limits, then I would be bound by those laws, right? However, if in the spirit, I understand that, hey, staying in my lane prevents a head-on collision, protects me and others, that's a good thing. And if I understand the spirit, uh, so out of love for others, I'm gonna stick in my lane. Out of love for others, I'm not gonna speed if it's not a safe area to go fast in. But I think Paul knew that they already knew the 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 portions of the law. So right. if you were raised in this culture where we had road signs yes. and everything was fine, then you would kind of understand the structure once we remove them, if we say, be kind to everyone. Yes. And yes, of course, there are people that are going to deviate from the oh, peace. Yeah. But like, if we contrast it against Paul and what he was writing for in, in Romans, he says, uh, for no human will be, uh, no for no human being will be justified in his sight by works for the law, since the law comes knowledge, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. And so he's writing that to Romans. It does sound a bit different. Why? Because there were a whole bunch of people that weren't brought up in the Jewish segment. They weren't all speaking through that portion. They weren't. They didn't have it drilled in their their lives through rabbi from children up, right? And so these guys had um, exposure to it. Some of the Romans didn't at all. No, exactly. But he's saying, hey, even here, right? law, this law does not benefit you. It only allows you to perceive some of the dangers that you're that you're encountering yeah and set yourself free still through god yeah right yeah exactly and so um, probably there were observances and laws that the you know the gentile uh, christians would have been familiar with yeah. it would have looked very different than israel's laws yes or the jewish laws uh, but there's some overlap like i think every uh, civilization considers murder as uh, a sin right like yeah, that that's universal around the world. There's no culture that says, "Oh yeah, you know, knocking off your neighbor, that's okay." You but know? but I think for Galatians, what we see is that when Paul is addressing them with uh, the portion with circumcision, right, that he's identifying he's, the, the the initial Judaism, yeah. saying like, "Hey, this piece," and like, if you want to enforce that all the way, oh yeah, if you want to do that all the way, then why don't you move up a couple inches exactly and solve exactly. it for yourself? Yeah. yeah, if you think a little bit is good, or so a little bit of law is good. Yeah, whoever idea that is, law. take the whole law. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you think a little piece of skin is good, why don't you take the whole thing, right? But like, you know, when we're talking about how how we identify these these new portions of the church that are so appealing, or new yeah. heresies of ideas that that we as Christians feel like we deserve or that we that we should be a part of you know i i think it's like justification okay by faith in christ not by justification in the accuracy of how you understand or how i understand doctrine which is also a great thing not that we want to minimize the importance of doctrine of of course not but that means like so but we are but we are saved by grace by grace Right? And yeah. not by intellectual precision. Right. And so th- this conversation isn't about, you know, um, there, there are these traps and you should never fall into them. But like, how do we combat this? Well, growing in knowledge of biblical truths is the journey that we're all taking. Yes. We, we use the Bible as the truth to fill our lives. It also serves as armor so that we can defend ourselves against some of these trappings that you identified in Galatians. Right. Like drunkenness, like idolatry, like 
what, you know, we can, well, whatever. And, and, and the false teachings that, that, that appeal, you know, very similarly to uh, even how Satan addressed Eve, right? Um, I, I just got to turn there for a quick second. If you got something to, to fill in the space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so I just wanted to continue. So faith yeah. is not ignorant or blind, and you must know who you are putting your faith into. The God, Jesus Christ, God's only Son, who presents himself daily inside of the living word, the Holy Bible, is present. And when we encounter pieces, we must have a way, a tool inside to inspect and say, is that the Jesus that I know? Is that the Jesus that's inside of the book? And so by knowing the Lord, your faith increases, and you can better place your faith into him, into the God yeah. that loves and calls you out, that calls for you, yeah. right? And so we are all responding to a call. And so how do we inspect, I would say, apart from, you know, being doctrinal masters, amazing. If yeah. you can dive that deep. Right. And, and, and we, we try and develop in it. Yeah. But at the same time, you have a tool right in front of you. Yeah. Uh, inspect, listen, and, and, right. and, and this goes back to church. So... The body of Christ can always serve as a compass, a barometer, yeah. right? And as a friend to pick you up when you yeah. fall. And so yeah. the, the community really is essential. And not you won't always be the brain. No, Sometimes you'll be the feet. The feet. And okay? the listening. And, yeah. and the heart and serving, right? Yeah. And and if anyone like is wondering about, you know, this because you mentioned earlier about being by yourself, right? And just being a church unto yourself. Well, yeah. how can you be a church with many members if you're one? For one thing, I mean, that's Romans 12 right there, right? It describes the, the church as being a body with many parts. Um, and the body has many parts, so we can't be a body all to ourselves. And he, he explains that very well there. Um, so like one of the... You think of it like a, a relationship, right? Yeah. If, um, if I have a picture of my wife... I mean, that's awesome. I can, I, in fact, that's my, my uh, wallpaper on my phone is a picture of Renee, mm -hmm. which is great. But as great as that picture is, and I can just look at it whenever I want, uh, maybe not in meetings or, you know, from the pulpit perhaps, but um, I would, I'm not going to settle for having just the picture when I can have the person or just be in her presence in a room and be able to have dialogue and hear her thoughts and her ideas and, and her feelings and, and so on and so forth, right? And that's what it means to be the body of Christ. We're coming together and, and we're not just looking at pictures, we're just being. And sometimes we're not nice to each other. Sometimes we're not uh, the best to each other. But when the Bible talks about forgiving others hmm. as we have been forgiven by God, the Lord's Prayer. Yes. Isn't it great that God puts imperfect people in our lives so that we have the ability to exercise forgiveness and hopefully receive forgiveness when we do the same things to them? What, what, I love the example of you having your wife on your phone because it really piqued my interest around another piece that, that exists out in the world okay. for these big churches, which is a one-dimensional church. So just like your wife on the phone, it is... Very one-dimensional. Right. It, it, it's a static image. Yes. Every time you open it up, it looks the same. There is no evolution in you personally. There's no evolution in her on the device right. itself. And so these churches where you will attend and never participate, 
you will pretend you will attend and consume and every time you will be saying you know I will welcome Jesus into my heart but there's no afterthought there's no movement forward there's no there's no um, sacrament or Eucharist or communion there is no uh, participation ordination there's none of those pieces you you may be at the wrong place and yeah. so there, there are churches that that, that aren't one-dimensional and are our, our community right. uh, as, as universal Christians is so deep yeah. and so big. Just right. don't get stuck riding in the ditch when we have a freeway where you can participate in the movement that's mm-hmm. clear for everyone to kind of drive down, right? Because yeah. oftentimes we do see, we do see people <clears throat> that will veer off right. and, and straight into the ditch. And then, <coughs> yeah, it's rocky. Yeah. It's rocky down there and not a lot's happening. No, mm-hmm. no, no. And, and let's not just also be flying along so fast in our own, you know, growth in righteousness that we're not seeing our brothers and sisters. That there's, op- the that there's opportunity, that there's opportunity, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Opportunity so is always there. One another, right? Yeah. And, and, and do that with grace. And that's what we're going to be looking at in chapter 6, that uh, correction. But I just want to get back to that, that piece that is so appealing about false teaching, sure. false teachers, and, um, and that is uh, the fall and the, the serpent come, comes to the woman and says, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, Well, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, uh, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent, serpent said to the woman, You will not surely, surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, point number one, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, number one, that it was a delight to the eyes, number two, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate and gave some also to her husband who was standing there like a mute person, not defending his wife from this wicked serpent. And it was like, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. He was not exercising his brain. Mm. So we need to exercise our brains. Uh, Christianity is not where you leave your brain at the door and just go in and then you come back out, pick up your brain, and go around your everyday life again. No, this is a constant examination of what is being taught. Is it faithful? Is it true? Is it right? And can I uh, dive into it because it's going to enrich my life and challenge me and cause me to grow? Um, Strength training comes to mind as well, right? Like you can't. You can't build muscles if you're not actually pushing any kind of weight against gravity, right? Yeah. So, like, if you lift a, a two-pound bar, you can do, you know, 2,000 reps. It's not really going to de- develop anything. But if you put a little bit of weight on there, 50 pounds, 100 pounds, if you can bench it, mm. then you're really going to start getting bigger muscles, and you're going to be able to push even more, right? So God is always calling us to grow, uh, if something is not growing, then it's not healthy. And so healthy um, Christianity is, is growth. So really, we ought to be um, seeing that there is a de- decrease in our lives of that tendency toward the sinful nature and the desires of the flesh and an increase in the fruit of the Spirit being evident in us. We don't generate it from within. The Holy Spirit has already given it to us. And it's not like we, you know, need to constantly ask the Spirit to fill us up again. He's always filling us up. We always have it on hand. It's whether or not we choose to use it. 
Uh, I think you made uh, a comment about the choice earlier too, so that's good. So I don't know, Sean, you got any concluding thoughts? Well, I think like for, you want to, you know, if we, if we use the analogy of like increasing, increasing bench strength. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges for, for gym members around the world right. is showing up. Yes. So one of the hardest challenges is getting through the door of the gym. Yeah. The church, the church is no different. And Absolutely. so work happens here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's an expectation that work happens here. Yeah. Not just that it's a, a, a TV show with some better color. Right. Or, right? or, or yeah. some different sound. Right. right? Yeah. 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 It's, it, it is a, it is a living, a living organization, a living place for, for you to come and, um, participate, um, to, to be healed inside, to allow the Lord to work through you and yeah. in you, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, an inside-out working, right? Uh, so sometimes there's a lot of work, uh, a lot of root development, if you use the, the plant analogy, yeah. um, that maybe it's a while before you start seeing fruit. But like one of the, we need to encourage one another in that, too. Like one, one of the pieces that we think about when we're doing exercise is that we normally exercise with a purpose. Yes. And yeah. so better results happen when you have your idea on the goal that you're yeah. trying to achieve. So whether you're a soldier and you need to be able to walk further or you're an Olympic swimmer and you need to Swim do that faster, yeah. right? And so you diving deeper and kind of rebuking some of the pieces in the modern trappings. And I'm not saying, I'm not, like, don't get me wrong, not all modern churches are incorrect. Right. And, and, and not all forms of orthodoxy and its presentation right. and it's are, are correct either but orthodoxy in its literal sense is truth truth right truth yes and I mean that I mean like there will be churches that present themselves under the guise of this ancient religion but really they're just uh, a new skin on an old grape that's and right. that doesn't taste very good on the inside eh? no, no yeah that's right yeah and so like we, we you you know if you rebuke these teachings, if you help yourself to understand that what they're presenting isn't true, then you can strengthen yourself for battle yeah. to fight against the things that will come into your life that you need to deal with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that sounds good. Again, uh, Sean, I thank you for, for joining, uh, joining me this week and filling in for Josh. I uh, really appreciate that. I hope everyone is enjoying these podcasts. Uh, feel free to you know give some feedback uh, on Facebook or um, whatever other means. That would be great. And we pray God's blessings upon you that um, we all together may turn away from our regular sinful desires or passions after the flesh and instead walk in step with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited provoking one another or envying one another. I love how Paul, again, at the end, is also giving a challenge. So let's take that to heart and live according to it. God mm -hmm. bless you, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys.